All right, we're back with our Super Bowl edition of Sports Talk KC. Uh, I am Calv, y'all. Guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's up, KC? This is Lee 86. What it do is D-Beach 1492. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. Uh, last night we was talking. Uh, we didn't kind of finish our coverage on the game. Let's pick it up with the defensive uh, play from the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs in that game in the second half. Uh, Lee, what are some of your thoughts and key plays on that defense to help us be victorious in that game? Um, This defense, like I said, man, I feel like they did a real good job as, as far, you know, uh, as far as the whole game, Super Bowl 54 in itself. Um, a lot of people questioning and saying, oh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers blew the game, this, that, and the other. But the harsh reality of it is he went away from the run game or really didn't stick with it because it really was not working. Thank you. Um, you you got to look at Mostert only had like – 59 yards on the ground, like I kind of touched on in part one of this Super Bowl segment. It was a lot of runs that they thought that they could hit home run, big gashing type of plays. The Kansas City Chiefs, Mike Pinnell, Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders, uh, Chris Jones, Terrell Suggs, Frank Clark, we were not letting that happen. happen. Um, Damian Wilson, you know, um, one of the backers that was real, you know, was around the ball all game long in that Super Bowl, number 54, Damian Wilson. But second half, man, like I said, it was really a, a, a complete game by this defense. It has been um, ever since – the defense as a whole, man, um, ever since the loss to Tennessee, I just felt that this group has really tightened up the chin straps and, you know, and tied up the cleats and really, you know, bared down. Uh, we were down 20 to 10 in this ball game. The first sequence, very important to me, uh, worked Pat through the in, the second interception where he kind of threw it on Tyreek Hill's back hip. Um <clears throat> For the defense to man the fort and stop the 49ers when we were down 10 and packed through that interception with about, I guess, nine minutes left on the clock, Chris Jones said after the game that he went over to Pat and told him, I'm sorry, we're going to get it back for you. And they did just that in that sequence. Got the ball back on a three and out. Chiefs come down, make it 17 to 20 pull within three points. The ensuing 49ers drive. Stop them again. Three and out where Ben Neiman comes on a delayed inside linebacker blitz up the middle and really put a nice blow on Jimmy G as he delivered the ball incomplete. Second three and out. Uh, which ultimately went down and take the lead. 24 to 20. So this defense man has just been doing that all year. The second half, nothing changed. 
the resiliency and the determination and the drive. I just give the defensive guys so much credit. Honey Badger and Brashard Breeden. Yeah, he had a pick in the first half, but just a collective effort from this unit all season long. Mike P, Mike Pinnell, who we've been giving credit to, you know, just a resilient act by these guys. They, the defense really had an overall good game in my eyes. Beach, what are your thoughts on the defense of the second half, man? Lee, you hit the hammer on the nail. Because San Fran was not running the ball like they should have. Just the perception of it made it seem like that because of that play, like the play action. They was getting – Jimmy Garoppolo was, like I said yesterday, uh, you know, throwing behind those linebackers and things like that. And the only big gashes they really ran that they really had was when they ran those double reverses with mm-hmm. Debo Sam. Besides mm-hmm. that, when they tried to run on the outside, yeah, you know, they were probably getting four, maybe five yards here or there, but sometimes they weren't getting anything. Right. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because th- that was a misconception of the game to where yeah. – if you get caught up into it, if you really look at it, if you look at that game again, you will see, like you said, all year long, the 49ers have been a big gash and play offense with their running games. They're so fast that defenses can't keep up. Yep. When they do hit those runs, they go into the house. Yeah. But on Super Bowl Sunday, they wasn't going to the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and then another thing, because I want to just repeat what you said, but I want to throw these little tidbits in there. Like you said, on the on the ensuing drive after, um, once they were forced to uh, throw the ball after we scored and uh, mm-hmm. we brought it in uh, within three, mm-hmm. um, Chris Jones was big knocking down those balls. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where, where – you know, the rush really wasn't getting there. And so he just waited on Jimmy G to, you know, wind up and ready to throw the ball and just put his hands up. Mm-hmm. So that was big. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to talk about Spags up there within within that sequence of uh and within that sequence of the final minutes of the game, he was doubling Kittle. He was doubling Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. even though he did sneak out on that one good play design by Shanahan, you saw who was back there, Ward and Fitton was on uh, Emmanuel Sanders. They was doubling uh, Bourne and Debo Samuel. So Garoppolo didn't know where to go with the ball. That's why he was up there sitting. That's what gave um, – that's what freed up some of those uh, – on those delayed blitzes from uh, um, Ben Neiman or when Frank Clark got the sack at the end. Mm-hmm. And so – it was like you said, man. That was that was a hell of a coach game by Spags. Yeah, they got like I said. It was that like I said last night. It was that bam, but don't break. But besides that, because they they depend, like you said, Lee, they depended on their running backs running for yards. But the funny thing is, I want to bring up um, if because before the game, if you would have told me, I wouldn't have believed this. But we had seven more rushing attempts. Than the 49ers. We had 29, they had 22. Mm-hmm. If you do not take away uh, the end of the game when Patrick Mahomes 
was up there kneeling. He was up there drifting back to take time off the clock. Um, and, you know, he got, you know, they made the yard. He made the yardage go down. We was right with them with, you know, 140, one in that 140 to 145 range, right with them as far as rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, go ahead, Lee. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to throw this in there, the thing that popped up that made me realize that the Kansas City Chiefs, our defensive unit, really showed up. This was the first time in Super Bowl history in all 54 Super Bowls that a wide receiver was leading in the rushing category. Debo Samuel was leading in the rushing category with 54 yards rushing. And if you would have told me before this game had started that Debo Sanders was going Debo Samuels was going to be the leading rusher and not one of those whether it was Tavon Coleman or Mostart, whoever, that was just big. Their leading rusher was, like we said, a wide receiver. The Kansas City Chiefs just bottled up their initial attack, and they really didn't know what to do with it. It's not that Kyle Shanahan choked. He Why keep doing something? Why keep trying to put a scratched-up CD in your tape deck and you know it's not really going to play? you're going to eventually Mm -hmm. try to put another CD in or something like that. So it was not working. And Mm -hmm. another thing I just want to put in there, like we said, the gas plays. When stuff did spill out, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, was back there to make a a, um, touchdown-saving tackle or something like that, just good tackling and and, – Good tackling and just being fundamentally sound, one out in that ball game. And I want to throw this in there too, bringing up Tyron Matthew in the passing game. If you notice, Jimmy G did not throw his way the whole game. They stayed away from Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another thing, I know we had this debate. Another reason why um, Kittle did not have a game because most of the game. Tyron was on him. The only yeah. the only time that they went to uh, Kittle was when uh, Dirty Dan was on him or somebody else was on him. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, that was Tyron Matthews' assignment, and they 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 shot they went away from him. You're right. I'm I'm so glad you put that in there. Good observation, Beats, because Honey Badger was lined up over Kittle mostly that game, and my dad's friend was saying it. Only time that they were going to Kittle was when Dirty Dan was on them. That's a good observation because I like I like that Spags did that. He put Honey Badger on Kittle. Good observation, Beats. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and to go back to uh, Samuel with the uh, rushing attempts, he did carry a uh, 17.7 yard average uh, on those rushing attempts. Because like I said yesterday, he was cutting us up in that department. <clears throat> But a uh, hell of a game on the defensive side. Like I said, uh, with Pat, uh, I'm sorry, with Chris Jones getting those big paws up, affecting passes, the picks, uh, the uh, pressure they were able to get on Garoppolo. Hell of a uh, championship defense by this Kansas City uh, Chiefs. You guys have anything else that you want to rely, uh, relay or anything else in this game that we may have missed? Yeah, yeah I just – I just wanted to say, man, Chris Jones, like I, I, I'm going to say it again, Stone Cold Jones, man, 
Mark Donovan, whoever's at the top, Brett Beach, find a way to please pay Chris Jones. Because like I said, it wasn't just one deflection that he had. Go back and look at that game. He had three deflections. And so, man, to do that in the Super Bowl, it's just big, man. The, like I said, like B said, man, Spags uh, putting together a game plan like this and not sleeping on the assistant coaches. Matt House, Brandon Daly, Sam Madison, who's been a 12-year veteran, veteran in this league. It's just, you know, kudos to the defense, man. This, the, the Yeah, I know everybody's saying offense won the game and stuff like that, but just to be honest with you, the offense does not have those opportunities or Pat to do what he did if the defense is not going out making manly, letting your nuts hang stops in in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big, hell of a game from this defense, man. Hell of a game from the team as a whole. But we got some big issues coming up with this offseason for this team. We have – about 24 free agents. 24, and there's some key ones in this situation. So what I'll do is just go down the list and uh, we'll just give our uh, opinion on these players. But on my list, top of the list is T-Sizzle. Me personally, I think that uh, he may go off into the glory, you know, and just retire 20 seasons. What is it, about 20 seasons for uh, Terrell? Something like that? Not 18. 18, down there 20? That's a long time, man. Uh, I think he may just run off into the sunset. Uh, Lee, what's your thoughts on T-Sizzle? The addition of T-Sizzle was so big. I know I know the stats was not all what was not, you know, flashy or nothing like that. We got him mid-late December. But just his presence being on the field, man, it was a game changer. Um, it was a lot of times where he forced stuff back the other way. He didn't necessarily always have to have a sack or the tackle. Just his veteranism being on that field with the Kansas City Chiefs worked out tremendously. And if it were me, if he still has something left in the tank, I mean, I would try to keep him around, but – I, I just don't see it happening because, like I said, it's some guys on this list. You know, um, T-Sizzle was able to come in because those guys got hurt. But, you know, um, I would like to keep him around. But in all honesty, I don't think it's going to happen. I think one or two things. He's going to go into the glory, go back to Baltimore to try to see if he can get one more in Baltimore because I know Baltimore will try to get him since they didn't do it this time. But – I don't see him being with the Chiefs, but thank you, T-Sizzle, for coming to the Chiefs and helping us get our second Super Bowl in, ch- in franchise history. What you got on Suggs, Beats? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much like Lee. I mean, if, if it was me, if you want to come back cheap on a one-year deal, I'll make it happen. If you, I mean, if you want to ride into the sunset, you can too. It doesn't really matter to me. But if you want to come back on a one-year deal, veteran mid uh you know veteran contract type of deal i'll be willing to do it but if not uh thank you for your services you got you got a second ring good luck to you in the future mm-hmm. and on this one since it's two of them uh that's unrestricted free agents i'm gonna go with the qbs you got chad henney and matt moore uh matt moore like i said like we were saying uh, when we uh acquired him and when he stepped in for pat 
he was he did have a position uh, as a QB coach, I believe for some high school. So uh, and uh, Chad Henney, which is a vet. Uh, but out of these two, which ones would you guys keep, uh, Matt Moore or Chad Henney? If Chad Henney decides to come back, Matt Moore. Or right, Matt Moore. Yeah, Matt Moore come back without the shadow of a doubt. What Matt Moore did and came in to finish off the game against the Denver Broncos that led to a dub. Um, almost beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, really took them to the last play of the game, and then had a monumental win against the Minnesota Vikings, no doubt. But it's going to be so hard, man. Matt Moore wants to be a starting quarterback in this league. Um, when he was starting for the injured Pat, we were saying it, it was kind of like his, you know, his resume to – you know, have one last hurrah in the NFL. So there are some teams out there that need some serviceable veteran quarterbacks like himself. I would like to keep Matt Moore, but, you know, out of the two, Matt Moore, they would keep Chad Henning. He's a little bit older. They would probably try to draft a quarterback. But if it were me, I would do everything I can to keep the services of Matt Moore. And uh, Beast, what you got on it, man? Um, I will go with Matt Moore, maybe, uh, you know, some two years or something like that. You still, you still have, uh, Kyle Schumer. He's the practice, practice squad guy. You, you still have him in your back pocket now. And right. he, he was a rookie last year. So, um, so, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but, uh, I don't think you can bring, uh, Chad Henney back at that, uh, price tag. I don't. I'm not sure what the number is, but I know it's kind of high for a backup, especially mm -hmm. on this when you're trying to um, keep the train moving forward, you know. So, like I said, some people going to have to walk the plank. So, uh, Chad Henney, you're going to have to go. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree on that. We got to have somebody that can that can definitely step up in that uh, second string position, and Matt Moore is the guy. Like Lee was saying, he kind of was auditioning for a starting QB position. We got some vacancies. Rivers is out. You got uh, the Broncos are still trying to figure it out. You got a lot of teams that need a QB. So with Matt Moore, you know, like I said, he may end up going somewhere getting back. Uh, got an inside linebacker, Darian Lee, Deron Lee, I'm sorry, as a uh, free agent as well. I don't remember him doing too much throughout the season, but uh, Lee, what's your thoughts on him? Darren Lee will not be with the Kansas City Chiefs. It was the early parts of this season where, where Spags tried to implement him in, in this defense, and he was just not a thumper in my eyes. He was too slow getting to the point of, of, of contact. Um, in my eyes, Damian Wilson, number 54, like I said, took his spot. Once Damian Wilson got implemented in, in that spot where Lee was taking, you, you know, was getting majority of the snaps, the defense changed, like I said, with Wilson coming in there and also with, you know, Mike Pinnell. So I do not see Darren Lee coming back. I, I see them sticking with Damian Wilson in that middle linebacker positioning. And uh, instead of getting both uh, of you guys' opinion on some of these guys, like some of the guys that really is not on that top of the list, 
I'm just going to get uh, you guys' opinion on the, on the guys that really matter. That way, so we don't, it won't be such a long, you know, drawn-out thing, get both. Right. But for uh, this one, this is a big one. Uh, defensive tackle, Xavier Williams will be an unrestricted free agent. So uh, since uh, Lee did uh, the last one, I'm going to let you start off on this one, Beats. What you got on him? You can walk the plank. I'm Whoa, keeping my damn. Yeah, yeah. It's plain and simple. Huh. You were injured most of last year. I mean, this this past season. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I'm kidding. I mean, you got your ring. <laughs> He's right. He. I, the funny thing. Me and Beats were talking about Xavier Williams and Mike Pinnell before we got on this podcast, and we kind of had a little debate, just a little debate, and we said the same thing. Mike Pinnell showed and was more of a force. Yeah, you're not supposed to lose your spot to due to injury, but that's what happened. Big Cat, Xavier Williams got hurt. Mike Pinnell came in and was a force. So just like Darren Lee, <laughs> Damon Wilson came in and stepped in for him. Same with Xavier Williams. He he became expendable, especially with MP being such an anchor on that defensive line. Yeah, I'm kind of torn with that one being that Williams was hurt, but Purnell was very productive. I've been a fan of him all year. So that's kind of a toss-up with me. But uh, next we got uh, Jordan Lucas, safety. Lee? He's a good – I mean, he's a good kid. I mean, he's an athletic kid. You know, he's he's had some flashes here, but I just think you can find a guy like him that brings some good play on special teams, what they really used him for down the line. I just think he's a guy that – you know, they can find they can find deep in the draft or something like that. A guy with some of the same qualities of Jordan Lucas. So no, I don't see him on the team. All right, man. Uh, I guess you're going we're gonna DC walk him the off the line. Uh, you said what? Walk the plane, get off on on off the lot there, buddy. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to buddy. DC, DC him on off the lot to so you like a buddy and uh don't you tear off a lot, buddy. See, you gotta, Sorry, Jordan. Sorry. You got, I really don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of tricky just to throw this in there yeah. real quick because you don't know what they're going to do with Dirty Dan. I mean, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as safety, as far as safety-wise, Honey Badger, mm-hmm. Kendall Fuller's on this list, Armani Watts, then Jordan yeah. Lukens, Daniel Sorensen. So, I mean, it's – you really don't know. I mean, it's it's a toss-up with Jordan Lucas. I, I, I don't know. Phew. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess he may – I mean, he may get DC'd off the lot. Uh, but we got two cornerbacks up in this one. Morris Claiborne, Claiborne and Brashad Breeland. If it was me, I'm keeping Breeland out of those two. Uh, Lee? Bye, bye, Morris Claiborne. Bashar Breeland needs to stay on this team. This dude got an interception in the in, in in the Super Bowl, and like I had to tell my like I had to remind my uh pops, 
he had a real big interception against the uh, New England Patriots in the, in, when we went up to New England. So Breland is a good dude, man, and I think he's going to find a way to stay on this team because the year bef- the 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 year we lost to the Patriots in the championship game, they were really trying to get him, but it was still something going on with the infection in his foot. So they they brought him in to training camp and everything, and I was kind of scratching my head like, dang, they didn't get the deal done, but they got him the year after. So the Kansas City Chiefs really like Bashar Breeland. I, I can see them doing what they need to do to keep him. I will keep him as well. Beats? Both of them get off my lot, goddamn. Damn. Yes. Before I'm gonna go back to what uh Lee just said. Before when he when he got that infection, he was looking he was about to sign a contract with the uh Carolina Panthers. Hmm. I believe it was for 20-something mil as far as per year. Nah, get out. He gonna be looking to get that money. He got a ring now. Get off my lot. I'm getting me a uh uh my number one CB in the draft there, buddy. Get off my lot. Yeah, if he if if he's looking for that kind of money from that from that standpoint, I do agree. If he's gonna try to break break the bank like that, um, it just cannot be because this is a cornerback uh heavy draft coming up. So I agree with Beats on that. Yes, the kid has talent. They like him, but if he's looking to break the bank now that he's a mm-hmm. Super Bowl champion. The Chiefs can look elsewhere for that same serviceable talent. Get on off the lot, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Chris Jones in the defensive end department. Me personally, pay, man, pay that man Chris Jones is well past due. Ogba got hurt, but he was a force before he got hurt. So these two is kind of a toss-up as well. Uh I'll go to you first, Beats. What do you got on this one, man? You ain't going to like my answer. I'm keeping Ogba at a cheap yeah. deal since he was injured. Wow. Tagging Chris Jones, and I am trading him for draft picks there, buddy. Yes, sir. Wow. If this is my team, this is what I'm doing, buddy. The only way Chris Jones, to me, stays on this team is if I pay Patrick Mahomes, uh, if I uh, wait until next year to pay Patrick Mahomes. There's no way you can pay both of these niggas at the same time. I know there's some way you can manipulate the, uh, you know, the salary cap, but nah, that's too much. Nah, if it, nah, if I gotta choose, uh, uh sorry, Chris Jones, thank you for your services. Uh, you know, Sac Nation uh, will be missed, but uh, get off my lot. Uh, me on, <laughs> me on the other hand. I think it's a strong possibility. Just, just being honest with you, that the that the Kansas City Chiefs keep Agba and Chris Jones. The reason yeah. with this being said, with this being said, Clark Hunt has already came out and said Pat's not in a rush, and sort of speak, neither are they. They don't have to rush to pay Pat sort of speak. It can get done next year. So with that being said, I think they could either franchise tag Jones this year or possibly pay him this year and then do Pat next year. But the Kansas City Chiefs, if they want to get back to this point that we're at right now of being world champions, you need to do everything in your power, like I keep saying, to keep Chris Jones and Agba because Agba was really balling out 
So, you know, I would keep Agba as well, you know, especially over um, – I, I, I don't know if – I think Okafor is – was still under contract and he's getting paid some nice money. He he's injury prone. So you free up some of that money, let uh, Alex Okafor go, use some of that money to, you know, give to Chris Jones and Agba to work on Pat next year. I think it's a strong possibility. I'm going to go to go the other route. I think Chris Jones and Agba, it's a chance that they, you know, be on this roster, both of them next year. I did. Before y'all jump on me in these comments or whoever, I did say before I preface this that I just said what Lee just said beforehand, pay Pat next year. But if they try to pay both of them, that's not going to work because you know Chris mm-hmm. Jones don't want to get paid right. either as much as Frank Clark or he's going to try to go for Aaron Donald money. Mm-hmm. So no way that's going to work. So with the question being posed to me the way it was, you made me make a decision. I said, if I had to make a decision this year, as far as it goes, if this was my team, you know, I'm if I'm paying Pat this year to get it out the way, then Chris Jones has to walk. So that's why I said what I said. Don't at me. And what I'm thinking, like, I, I thought that, that Pat, maybe this was a contract year for Pat, and it's not. And Pat nope. don't come off as a guy that's like, I know he's gonna. He knows he's gonna get paid. He knows his value. Right. So I'm pretty sure the deal next year for Pat will be this next gonna year. Go up. It's gonna yeah, go it's up. Like, he's gonna get his money. He's gonna get his money. Because Clark, Clark but, hey, Clark came out and said it. There's really not a rush. Like I said, he pretty much hinted we can do this thing. We can get this deal done mid, you know, the mid top mid season next year, the 2020 2021 campaign so I mean it's now that Pat did Pat didn't want this ring too 24 years of age man Pat ain't tripping on the money Pat no see that's another thing Pat's not really focused on this contract from the Kansas City Chiefs you got to realize this boy is the MVP of this league and of this past Super Bowl this dude is gonna have all kind of endorsement coming from north south east and west the Kansas City the Kansas Might even City. end up with an Adidas shoe. Right. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs contract is just going to be the icing on the cake. But this dude already has major endorsements. I'm, I, I agree. He's not a guy. And he's a champion. He's not looking to break the bank just yet because he knows it's coming. Yeah, I would I would keep him, try to keep him both because uh, Chris Jones is an anchor, man. That's a championship defensive mm-hmm. end, feisty junkyard dog kind of guy you got to have on your team, man. Mm-hmm. If Chris Jones goes, I'll be very fucking disappointed if he goes somewhere. Because he gonna, he going to ball out wherever he go. Mm-hmm. Jones is one of those type of guys you got to have. Uh, but moving along, we got Reggie Ragland, unsigned linebacker, as an unrestricted free agent as well, Lee. Bye, Reggie. It's too much speed in this draft. Reggie Ragland, you – you, you know, Spags did a good job putting you in spots and stuff like that, but it was some it was some plays that showed in this Super Bowl. Son, your speed is just not there. I mean, you're a good tackler. <laughs> you have a hard time getting to the point of attack. And, Reggie Ragland, you got your Super Bowl ring, but it's time to fire up the Chevy Tahoe, baby, and you're on up off the lot. Thank you for all your services, Ragland. 
<laughs> Beats, what you got on Raglan? <laughs> I like Raglan, but I have to agree with my uh, colleague, uh, Lou Andrew. And uh, Reggie Raglan, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Jeez. Y'all, y'all, y'all. <laughs> I ain't playing today, huh? Okay, well, Rich, I guess you got to go, buddy. Yeah, Lee, again, have much. Lee talking like he actually sitting down in the office talking to him. <laughs> yeah, you're saying, yeah, all right. Uh, next on this list, now this is going to be a touchy one, but at this position that he's in, it is a dinosaur. So you can kind of go any kind of way with this position in this league nowadays. Anthony Sherman didn't have quite the productivity that he had last year. Uh, I thought Andy was going to use him a little bit more, but uh, he kind of dropped off this year. He's a fullback. Like I said, that's a dinosaur position in this league. So with me, I'm torn. But uh, if it's going to bring back some of these key players that need to be there, or if he's willing to even take a cut to stay a key, you know, uh, if he's willing to take a pay cut, hey, keep him. If not, then got to go, buddy. Lee, what you got? Man, Anthony Sherman, dude, is a thumper. I know people say this is an NFL now where the fullback is overlooked or you necessarily do not need a fullback. But, man, when Anthony Sherman is in with the Kansas City Chiefs and it's a run play and he's in, and it's a lead block, he's putting, he's putting his head down and, he, and he's knocking some shit around. Man, I would do everything I can to keep the sausage, man. I'm going to just go back to Damian Williams, touchdown, ceiling, you know, touchdown run in the Super Bowl. You look at that play, he's running right behind the sausage on the lead block. The sausage cleared that path. Man, that's what I'm saying. Every time he's in there, every time they give it to him in short yardage situations, he, he, he picks it up. He can catch out the backfield. Uh, I mean, I don't think he strikes me as a guy that's going to try to get rich off this contract, maybe a two-year deal, something like that, three-year deal with like a $3 million signing bonus or something like that. Man, keep Anthony Sherman around, man, please, especially if you want to have a good, stable running game. We need Sherman. We need we need the sausage, man. Like I said, this is a tough one. Beast, what you got on Sherman, man? See, Sherman, the thing is, uh, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. You see that paper there on that desk there, young man? Um, there's a number on there, and it's only for one year. Uh, you can either take it or leave it because I got this kid that we got last year. He got injured or so called injured because we wanted to keep him on the roster. His name is John Lovett. He's going to be our, uh, our equivalent of the San Francisco 49ers number 44 use check. So you can either take that deal on the table there, buddy, or you can be the weakest leak and uh, kick rocks and don't let the door hit you on the way out there, buddy. <laughs> you got a real good point, Beats. I forgot about that kid. Love it. He he is a thumper, too. That that, that makes that decision with, with the sauces very interesting. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you brought that in there. Yeah, very uh, interesting. Uh all right, uh, now this is a guy that we all been pulling for all year. Stefan Wesniewski, center for the Kansas City Chiefs on that Super Bowl winning line, will be an unrestricted free agent next year. Now, if it was me, 
And for a guy that since we missed out with uh, who was it, Mitch Morris, mm-hmm. this guy brings that that type of fight to this line that we was missing when he came in. So I would pay this man and keep this man for a one year, two year deal. If we can get it done. Me, what you got on him? Yeah, you bring Wisniewski back if you really can't find nothing. But Andy Reid, that's the position he played. Andy, I mean, he he is the the whisperer of the offensive lineman and the quarterback, so to speak. Andy Reid knows how to find those good quality anchor offensive linemen deep, and I mean late in the draft that just turned out to be studs. So, like I was uh, telling Beats about this one, too. I don't know if uh, Wisniewski is kind of like uh, Terrell Suggs. It's just a guy that you know had that Super Bowl <laughs> experience, a winning Super Bowl experience like Terrell Suggs. It just kind of that, you know, with the Chiefs getting Wisniewski, there was some things going on amongst the offensive line, and they, you know, kind of said, yeah, we need big guy to come in here. But uh, I just think that they signed him, let him come along for the ride, told him he'd fit in great. He, it's a possibility he can get him a ring, in which he did. So, um It'd be nice to bring Wisniewski back, like I said, two-time Super Bowl champ. But with Andy, man, he always finds studs in the draft and stuff. So I, I really don't so, know. So you selling telling me that you willing to, to risk, on a draft pick for a, a center at that position? That's just as important as QB position. Well, not necessarily. You know, I mean, I would like to keep him. You know, just to be honest with you. But if you keep him, I'm kind of like this. Move him to center. Let him really be the center, the guy. That's what he reminds me of. I mean, Reader just seems sometimes like he – you sneeze on him and you go get – blow him over. So, I would keep Wisniewski, but like I said, with age and everything, Andy's so good at finding them offensive line. It's – it's a head scratcher with Wisniewski for me. Andy Reed, that's Andy Reed's boy. He likes him. So. I really don't know what's with Wisniewski. Uh, Beach, you got any thoughts on Wisniewski? Yeah, Wisniewski, uh, you see that paper over there, there, buddy. <laughs> it's a two-year contract. Uh, oh, $10 million total, $5 million per year. Um, if you... Uh, certain status or uh, certain game things, you know, and uh, yeah, it's done it. But I would like to have you back, though. Um, and then like you guys were saying, I will move him to center. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm cutting um, Austin Ryder, and I'm cutting Leron Day Tardif. That's He's getting paid for it when he got paid by Dort. He is not living up to that contract to me. Uh, I'm putting uh, Andrew Wiley back on that right guard. That's where uh, Andrew Wiley really, to me, kind of belongs because he filled in for Tardif last year during that postseason run where, when Tardif was out during the uh, uh, game last year. And I'm moving. Uh, the same play this year, Nick Allegretti 
to uh, guard. And that's my uh, offensive line with uh, Fisher and uh, Swartz on the outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, to answer your question on Andrew Riley, you, you would keep him too? It's either that or, uh, man, who we have? Do we have Rankin or we have some, I don't uh, know we have some other? We have Andrew Wiley and, no, just uh, Wisniewski. I'm not 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 as far as like free agents. I'm just talking about on the roster. Just as far as oh, back on the roster. Right. Uh, yeah, we got. Go ahead, Lee. Uh, I didn't say nothing. I was. I was just gonna say yeah. Rankin. Rankin is on the roster. Okay. Wasn't there somebody else too? You got uh, Cam Irving. You got the, the young rookie that came in and went down. I can't even think of his name. Uh, for that oh, one yeah, play. That guy too. Oh, we knew him was that guy, right? Was that Tunsil? Something like that, bro. I remember he came in for that one play and he went down. Yeah, he I'm, like, I'm, I'm moving one of them in there, but you, nigga, y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah, you saying just make some some some, some movement on that line. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We we we, we got to shore up that line. But like I said, I would like to keep Wesnewski, but if we can find somebody in free agency or in a draft, I'm fine with that. But to go mm. back to this line. Who needs to go and who I was tired of seeing during this Super Bowl fucking game? It's Cam Irvin. Pack your shit up and get out the lot expeditiously and promptly. <laughs> now that's who I wanted to go because he just had a free ride. He's like the dude that hang around down at Top Hat asking for change to get a hot lane. Get off my lot. Get off my lot, buddy. I'm not a fan. Uh, That's what I was okay. to say about the offensive line. No, uh, the dude that got hurt, he's pretty good. Andy Reid gave him a lot of praise. So mm-hmm. I can't think of his name, but that's what I'm saying. It's But all of – if you think about it, all of Andy Reid's team, they always have a good offensive line, whether it be two guys on the line, three guys, maybe four – his lines usually are always intact, so I think Andy can get it right with the line. And uh, to move it along, we got another – we got a tight end. We got two tight ends and, you know, three in uh, free agency. I'm just going to go over all three. We got Blake Bell, Deion Yelder, and David Wells. Now, we were just kind of talking about this before the show. But out of these three – which one would you guys keep? Me personally, from the productivity that Blake Bell showed, I want to keep Blake. But who are you guys uh, picking between these three? I said it, man. Um, I think Deion Yelder is a more explosive tight end. They like Blake Bell due to his blocking. And he showed throughout the season he could, you know, run some nice routes. He's a good catcher. But – Production from that position, Deion Yelder would be who I would keep. You know, he polish up his his blocking schemes, things of that nature. But I mean, Black Bell and Yelder, they're both good. I mean, really does not. I mean, the second tight end is really not implemented in like that. So. You really can't lose, but in my opinion, it's a, it, it's a better polished tight end. Beats? Deion Yelder. 
And I would like to see more, you know, two tight end sets with them both on the field. I think we can really fuck with some defenses next year doing that shit. Okay. That's just my opinion, though. Okay. And we got a couple of uh, more uh, cornerbacks. Like, we're going to have to really uh, figure out what we're going to do with this cornerback situation. We're going to have to watch this. Uh, we got Keith uh, Razor and Kendall Fuller up in free agency to add an additional four total of cornerbacks that we could possibly uh, be losing or, or sign or whatever. But out of these two, pretty much, I guess, Fuller, because I, I really don't know too much about the Keith uh, Riser guy. Uh, but, uh, Lee, what are your thoughts? Uh, like you said, Kendall Fuller is, is a serviceable. Uh, it's a nice veteran, you know, um, actually had an INT in the Super Bowl. So they like Kendall Fuller. And then uh, Major or Reacher, um, I, but I don't really need Fuller or guy being on the team. Year. But Kendall Fuller, thank you for all your services and stuff like that, man. Man, good help on the back end. My cousin is actually real close friends with Kendall Fuller. So, you know, um, he's a good dude, man, you know, but I don't see him being on the Beach, what about you, buddy? Kendall Fuller, get off my lot. <laughs> I know you. Big payday, get off my lot. Thank you for your services, though, but get off my lot. Yeah. All right. And we got a running back, uh, Spencer Ware. Get on off the lot, buddy. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> get on off my lot, please. Bye, Spence. Yep. Yeah. Because they're going to call you midseason any damn way, so. Uh, going off a lot. Uh, all right, and uh, got a couple running uh, Robert receivers. <laughs> Demarcus Robinson and Marcus Kemp. Was Marcus Kemp was uh, a standout at one point on the uh, special teams, but I haven't really heard seen too much from Marcus Kemp. D. Rob yeah, had a pretty decent year. I mean, he was he had some drops here and there, but I can I can do without D. Rip. D. Rob too, so they can both get off my lot, Lee. Um, Dave Toll really likes Marcus Kemp um, as far as special teams. I can see Kemp, like I said, he got injured um, mm-hmm. in preseason, and they were actually kind of implementing him in into the passing game. And Kemp was he was some flashes. He actually got hurt on a nice play. On a like a thirty yard reception down the middle in the preseason, and so with his special team experience and you know good pass catching ability, I can see him stand around because Dave told wants him to stick around. And Rob, my buddy, I know you, I, Rob, you had some good plays and everything, man, but. You know, I see the Chiefs getting something. I see the Chiefs keeping Sammy Watkins around. That being said, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hartman, they can find that, that fourth option somewhere else. D-Rob is too inconsistent to me. I just think we can find a better, more type guy that will catch the ball in crucial situations. But I like D-Rob, but he won't. Beats? 
Yeah, I like D-Rob too, but our, uh, you are the weakest link. You're too in, uh, consistent, inconsistent. But like you said, you find if you can, uh, you got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. I don't think he can come back at a $20,000 cap hit. Um, Charlie, for that, you got Miko Hardman. And um, I think you can bring this camp back at the camp body and see how he uh, does with his rehab and this, you know, for campus. He can just make the roster from there. Um, and then also, as far as wide receivers go, this is a deep. I mean, I know we're not talking about the draft yet, but this is a deep receiver class as well as a cornerback class. So I think you can find an option there in the draft as well. As the so, uh, you know, Kemp, you can come on back and see if you can make the roster in training camp. He, uh, Thank you for your services. You had, you know, special plays with uh, Mahomes, but uh, get off my lot. <laughs> just let him just – yeah, like I said, yeah, if he could have eliminated some of them drops and been a little bit more consistent, maybe he would have earned the spot. Mm-hmm. But like you said, his draft class is deep in the wide receiver position uh, and other skill positions. Uh, so – Was you about to say something? Uh, I was about to say, uh, LaShawn McCoy was on here, but I know he's not coming back. I, I I know he won't be back with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why I wouldn't even go say nothing. I know he's a free agent or whatever, but I know he won't be back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I thought I mentioned uh, Shady. Oh, yeah, Shady, no. Yeah, Shady can go. Yeah, you didn't even play in the Super Bowl, goddamn. Yeah. You didn't play the whole damn playoffs, goddamn. Yeah, Get off Shady. my lot. Yeah, Shady. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought I mentioned him. Uh, and we kind of mentioned Andrew Wiley. I think we were all in agreement. You know, uh, he can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think we were all in agreement on that. And if we can find some kind of way to get Cam and Ir- Cam Irvin out of there, I would appreciate that too. Uh-huh. But like. A- but like I said, it's some it's it's some some key stuff we got to look for in this uh, transitional part of the season. Uh, some guys gonna have to rock the plank, and some guys may go to more lucrative deals. But it's about out of this list, it's it's some key guys that need to return to this team. So hopefully, the Chiefs can make the proper uh, adjustments, the proper decisions, uh, figure out how to cut corners here and there to keep these guys because some of these guys are anchor players. Um, that need to return to this team. Uh, now, let's kind of get off. I know we uh, kind of had our Super Bowl chalk and all that stuff, but let's get off until – what do you guys think about the uh, halftime show? Do you guys think it was too risque, as some people were saying? Hell no. I don't think it was either. I mean, they toned it down for what they normally do. What do you, I, don't, I mean, I know this is mainstream um, audience that's saying this. You know what I mean by mainstream – uh, but uh, no, it was it was man, it was fine. Like if y'all know, if y'all really know what these kids be into, it, it's way worse than what you saw on that TV screen. I, I'd say mm-hmm. straight yeah, up, everything is so uh, uh, you can access. There's so much access to everything. So seeing a little uh, 
little ass shaking on TV. That's that really wasn't that risque to me. Now, if uh, the, the the dude that looked like Nelly would have bent old J Lo over on the stage, now okay, that maybe that would have been a little uh, risque. But I didn't notice anything bad about it. I mean, it really wasn't that good a performance to me. I mean, I just it was just on for me. Same here. Yeah. Shakira, Shakira and J Lo, baby, hell of a halftime show. I was, I, I was pleased with the show, baby. Yeah. I bet you was. Yeah, like I said, I could have just watched it on mute, mute, and just you know, just watched the shaking. <laughs> but after the, <laughs> as for the singing and all that, I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I think if anything, some people were offended by the stripper pole, but that's because she was in that movie Hustlers, and they right. ain't got nothing to do with it. I mean, you still got to be, you still got to have upper body strength. Like, even though you know, uh, you know, people look down on, um, you know, sex workers. I know this is a sports podcast, but I mean, whatever. Uh, you know, you got to have upper body, and those people, you know, they're athletic. You got to have muscles to do that. You can't just be not anybody can just get up on a pole. Right. Yeah, it takes real talent. Real talent. Showing their athleticism, you know, the sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a way, yeah. I mean, you got to. No, for real. I'm, I mean, I am joking, but I am being serious at the same no, time. No, no, I'm serious too. In a way, yeah, it is. I mean, you got to be able to do that stuff. Ain't nobody just do it. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, man. Anything else you guys got or want to discuss on the pod tonight? What about, the parade, your, uh, what about your MVP debate? Oh, yeah, I can't believe I almost forgot about that. Now, I'm kind of – now, I ain't really torn on this, but I'll, I'll – to me, Pat had a hell of a game, and D-Will, to me, was the MVP of that game. You take away the plays that D-Will had, we possibly could have lost that game. To me, I know Pat's the bigger picture. He's the bigger fixture, but – uh. It should have been some kind of way D. Will should have got acknowledged, man. To me, D. Will won that. But, uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on the MVP as well? D. D. Will was um, was a beast in Super Bowl 54. I agree, Cal. I really, really do, man. The dude played with so much heart and determination on every play. I'm just like, man, this dude is just not going to be denied. The Miami native, by the way. So he wanted to put on a good showing in that Super Bowl, being from Miami, you know, just the Florida area, period. But the reason why Pat got it, man, I just – Pat deserved it. I mean, all these years where, you know, we always hear 65 toss power trap, you know, the, the, the classic call that was called in the Super Bowl that we won against the Minnesota Vikings. But this the third and 15 play to Tyreek Hill to get things going in Super Bowl 54 is by far, you know, it, 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 it jumps over that classic saying, you know, by Hank Stram. Um, that's Pat, man. Pat not doing that, not seeing that hole in that defense. Yes, I know D. Will had a good game, but you got to realize Pat threw two of them in the paint and ran one in the paint. So he accounted for three touchdowns in that ball game and some throws that he had that 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 pass to Sammy Watkins where he just left skid marks all in Richard Sherman's draws. You know, he just 
really just really just yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say Deion Sanders was all before this game all Richard I can't wait for Richard Sherman to make his mark on this game oh he made his mark on this game all right in his draws but Pat deserves it man Pat Pat did everything he he had to do those throws and keeping drives alive with his legs I know it's I wish it was a way they could share it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Pat's the kind of guy that would do something like that. Like, hey, we both take a share of it. But honestly, as much as I love D-Will, Pat deserved it. Beats? Uh, when me and you, Kyle, first initially talked after the game, uh, we both said D-Will. But after hearing um, – I was listening to a podcast. You know I listen to Chris Sims. And it, uh, that kind of changed my mind. It's pretty much what Lee said. It's that third and 15. Uh, and I was listening to the Peter King podcast, and they was he got some insight from uh, – he had a uh, – after the game, he interviewed Andy Reid back in his office in the, in the uh, stadium and whatnot. And I guess it's Jets, something, Wasp or something. There's some, some numbers in them. That's, that was the play call on uh, third – and actually, uh, Pat called that play. Yeah. And so, uh, for for him in that situation, uh, you're, you're you get the ball at eight minutes, and then within that situation, it's, it's within the seven minute mark. It's third and fifteen. Pretty much, this is the game. Yeah. Give them back the ball. Your defense is going to have to stop them again, and then you're going to have to try to score make it a two you're gonna have to come back from a two possession game so from that point the third and 15 um then you throw the uh you have the touchdown to uh kelsey and then um on the next drive you have the big bomb to uh sammy Watkins, and then you uh hit the flats with d will and he you know takes it over the pile line and then like lee said he had the he ran it in in the uh in the first quarter to start off the game. Uh, and, and and the way Chris Sims uh, put it, yeah, D. Will had two touchdowns, but that long, uh, that long, um, excuse me, uh, run at the end to actually put the icing on the cake was just that, icing on the cake. The game was pretty much, I guess, kind of sealed at that point. So that was just extra. So, um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. And, and just shit, I, I was just gonna say I'm glad you heard that. Uh, I don't know where you heard it from, but the same thing that I was getting to, like I said, the 65 toss power track. That was the main thing that we heard all these years. The legendary call in the Chiefs' one and only Super Bowl win, and like you said, you called the play out and. Um, what you said, Pat Call. And and that's just kind of just go back to what we were talking about yesterday in part one when I made the comment, you know, Pat Pat took it upon his shoulders to, you know, basically start doing his own thing. Andy Andy Reid basically said, kid, go go bring it home. And that's what I'm saying. They went to the no huddle offense and Pat is out there calling that play. That was a packed play, and that's why I said that that is the moment in Chiefs 
that is that is the that is the defining moment in Chiefs history right now. It exceeds the sixty-five toss power trap. I don't know what what whatever you said it was a, a Waltz Jets or whatever, but that's the play. Yeah, because uh, I heard that from the Peter King uh, podcast, and he was talking to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid said they actually ran that same play in the first half, except on this on on the third and fifteen. Uh, instead of running that post towards the middle, they had him run the post, fake the post, and then hit the corner on this one. Everything was the same except just Tyreek's uh, route adjustment on that. So, yeah. Well, I can say is, man, like I said, Pat did have a – it wasn't a pretty game. But one thing I can say about Pat that uh, a lot of players nowadays that I don't see is that tenacity to get it done that mamba that i go to my boy kobe the legend that mamba that mentality to like i'm better than you and i'm gonna show you on this night that i'm better than you that's that's funny you bring that up kyle because i just saw on instagram earlier before we got on and uh pat had a a instagram story and uh, he was up there wearing kobe's jersey and he had the little caption uh mamba mentality and, and and that's the new saying, man, because it, it is this high standard. And it is for players that hold themselves to that standard. And, that, and I was just thinking about this last night when I was laying down. Like, uh, I watched that game, not to take away from LeBron, man, but I watched that game the night after uh, – the night they did the dedication to Kobe. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, man, this is going to be the game where LeBron is going to show that nastiness, that Mamba mentality, fuck it, I ain't passing, I'm taking it over. Because the game was closer than four. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing him doing some stuff. I'm like, all right, man, he about to do it, he about to take it over. He didn't do that, man. I'm like, dude, like, where is that, man? Like, where is that, like, fuck it, I'm taking this shit over. I'm going to put the game in my hands, and we are going to get it. He does not have – that's why I'm not a big fan. I, I respect him, man. I ain't going to say I don't respect him, but as a player – Mm-hmm. He ain't got that fire like Kobe had, bro. And, and Pat, even though it's a different game, game mm-hmm. I see that out of him. He has that fight. He's on that sideline rallying his guys. Yeah. He's emotional. He's not going to give up. You're going to have to either pull out a fucking gun and shoot me on this field like the dude from the scout mm-hmm. to stop me. And I just love that from him, man. Like I said, man, but yeah. go ahead if you got any thoughts. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna touch it up on on, on what y'all said, man, with, with with Pat. That's why I said he's well deserving of it, man. It's just like the hit uh where he was scrambling to pick up the uh first down down by the goal line, and the guy knocks the ball out of his hand and it goes back beyond the first down marker. Pat gets right mm-hmm. up. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here. He didn't lay there, you know, or nothing like that. That Mamba mentality, man. Pat has that, dog. I just – he it's just – that's where I was kind of getting at. Yeah, this whole list of free agents that we just rambled off and, you know, kind of broke down. But really the harsh reality, we have to get ready for these Kansas City Chiefs to be intact for a long time. I know it's free agents and stuff like that, but – this this team is in real good hands, and with Staples like Pat being, you know, under, you know, there being a staple, Frank Clark and Kelsey Tyreek Hill, 
Miko Hartman, the staples, the staples is there, man. This this and, is and like I, I out of all the autumn players you name, Lee, the last staple that needs to be taken care of is Chris Jones, man. He's right. uh, he's he's still young. Right. He got years in the tank. Right. Yeah, they got he is they have to he, they have to keep Chris Jones. Like I said, his his performance in the Super Bowl really made it hard for the Kansas City Chiefs to say we can have success without him. But another thing I was just going to touch on, it was shocking just to kind of revert back to what we was talking about a little bit mixed in with the mama mentality with Pat. But it was shocking to see LeBron that night. I agree with you, Cal. It was just like he was supposed to have that same drive and that same mm-hmm. determin- that same determination that Damian Lillard had. Lillard. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, yeah. Oh, I mean, Lillard had that Mamba mentality. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, why LeBron ain't playing like that? So I agree with you on that. I just wanted to put that in there. And I get it with LeBron. He's 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 a little longer in the tooth. He ain't too much old. I think he might be a year older than me. But and he got a lot of basketball on them legs. But just just for him not to in that moment. You know, in such an emotional time, you just would have just said, fuck it, I'm taking over. You know what I'm saying? I have never seen that from LeBron. But I, and I know he ain't Kobe. I know he's not. He's, he's LeBron James. But he is he's a totally different player. He's a pass-first type of player. You know what I'm saying? But I just thought he would have just took it over, man, just, just for that night. And he's I'm going to just say this real quick. He's going to have to take over like that, too, because like Kawhi Leonard came out and said, hey, the L.A. Clippers want to win it for Kobe, too. So LeBron ain't going to just be able to sit back and just play this, you know, this Kobe tragedy and think that he's going to get a championship because he's LeBron. He's going to have to have that mama mentality because Kawhi Uh Leonard and Doc Rivers, they want to win it for Kobe as well. Yeah, I was just going to throw this in here. It's still basketball related, but I was just going to switch the mood a little bit. And if you want to talk about it, we could talk about it another time. Did you watch the speech that LeBron uh, had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, did you see them damn head signals he was up there giving at the end of that? Mm-mm. You didn't see that? Uh, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I just didn't notice it, I guess. What, what about him? He was a little like some Illuminati type shit. And, and Bro, I had to go back and watch you say that. I'm going to just throw this in there real quick. I'm going to let Beats kind of reiterate on that. I seen that. I seen that what Beats is talking about. Actually, Larry Johnson, the old, the ex-chief, called him out for that and said he was throwing up Illuminati signs. So I seen that too. And Larry Johnson showed, said, yep. He said, yeah, LeBron James sitting up there during the, during the Kobe tribute before or after he gave the speech, he was throwing up Illuminati signs. Larry uh-huh, Johnson. Cause he did, Larry. Yep. Because he did the, the triangle sign and then he did something with with uh, with his hands where it goes into like a B and then he looked up and did something like that. It was, it was just weird. It's like, why would you do that? Like, it wasn't like normal gestures. It was like he was trying to make like a like a thing towards the sky or something, but he was doing all these things with his hands, and it was just like weird. Mm-hmm. That's all. Well, I, I didn't even notice that, man. Uh, I did not notice it. Yeah, I, I didn't see it live. I seen the playback uh, of the speech. I just caught the tail end of the game when I got to the crib. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, so they may have took it off. That I heard about it, and then I kind of was like, "Oh, somebody just putting that on Facebook or whatever." Then I seen today where Larry Johnson called him out about it, and I started kind of reading into it, like, "Oh, well, damn, maybe it is something to this whole a lot Illuminati thing that LeBron James was doing." Mm-hmm. Oh, it is something. It is something. It is. I saw the clip. I didn't actually see it live, but I saw the clip, and it was right after. I think it was right after his speech. Cause he was like, "Thank you, Kobe," and then he kissed. He kissed his hand, put it up, and then he did like with the ball. He did like this V sign. Then he went down towards putting his hands towards the triangle, and then he did something else, and then that was it. Yeah, yeah the way he did, it, he did it so fast. So, mm. mm-hmm. hey, it was just—I don't know, man. I had to go back and watch that, and I reiterate back on it on the next show. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that kind of does it uh, for for the Super Bowl edition. Uh, <clears throat> with the league, with the season being over, like I know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, our podcast is predominantly football, so we'll just be going into the draft, and uh, it's starting to be the uh, crunch time, uh, All Star NBA and playoffs and everything is going to be happening. So we'll just be uh, having shows coming up. You know, like I said, we'll have uh, talks of just life and you know things of that nature. But uh, we're gonna keep working. Until this season picks back up and the draft and all of that stuff. So, uh, with that being said, like I said, this kind of concludes another episode. Uh, anything else you guys got or anything? I was just going to say, do you want to cover? Like, I mean, I know we're probably not going to do it. Maybe like once a week, just NBA talk as far as, you know, yeah. the all-star game is coming up. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. You know uh, like we, we probably, like I said, we will probably just cut down to one show a week, you know, just uh, talking whatever's going on in sports. And obviously we'll have an all-star uh, snub uh, review because there's some, some players that got snubbed. Uh, you know, yeah, but we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I was just making sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. But uh, other than that, man, like I said, uh, we are Super Bowl champions. Uh, can't say it enough. Uh We'll keep uh keep working and, and paying attention to this free agency as it unfolds and also other uh teams as well. But with that being said, uh I'm Calvia Cowboy. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. It's Calvia Beats. They checking for you. Where can they find you, buddy? D Beats 1492, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, thanks for listening to us, the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Um if you're listening on uh, Apple, uh, I mean Apple Podcasts, be sure to uh, give us a five star rating and uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Greatly appreciate it, um, Lee. If they checking for you, where can they uh, where can they find you? Yep, y'all can find me on Facebook. <clears throat> y'all can find me on Facebook at Radham Jones Lee eighty six. This has been a hell of a ride, man. Um, like I said, we're going to keep coming. Um, like I said, our Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. We will have previews leading up into, you know, uh, the spring training, stuff like that, free agency, how Cal was touching on. We just going to keep working and grinding, man. We ain't going to just ride off into the sunset. I know our Chiefs is champions, but we're going to keep this thing rolling. Um, this is what we love doing. We all have a, a common feel and a common love for this thing here at Sports Talk KC. So 
we appreciate y'all, man, for, you know, just being along with us during this ride with our Kansas City Chiefs. We champions. Relish the moment. Let's enjoy it. You know, um, you know we'll be back here, too. You know, this ain't the last of it. You know, we have a good team, you know, good camaraderie, good culture. So we'll be back. Thank, thanks, everybody. You know, KC, for the support and love and putting us out there, people that we don't know for putting us out, you know, people we do know. We, we can't thank y'all enough. And it's all love. Super Bowl champs, baby. Baby, and if you go into the parade tomorrow, be safe. Be safe. Yeah, please be safe. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back, uh, I guess, next week. And uh, we out of here. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah.